I often listen to Fraculus at one in the morning when I can't sleep. Welcome to Fraculus, a technology podcast for humans. Episode 339. Online scams, M1 Mac updates, and adventures in fake AirPods. Jeff, you've had a jab. How come? Because you're not 50 yet. And where we are at the moment, you kind of need to be over 50 in order to have a jab. So uh, unless you've had a birthday or two since we last spoke. I'm 47 and I got a text. I don't know. Oh, you see, this is I'm not... this is what I'm talking about. There are some <laughs> underage, there's some underage got, guess, jabbing going on. I, got, I, I guess got, it depends it's... on the spread of where how old people are uh, in certain areas. For one, have thing. you got jab jealousy? <laughs> is that what we're calling it? <laughs> jab 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 gel. <laughs> jab 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 gel. No, that sounds like a Star Wars character. Jab, which, jab, which one did you have? Because there are two in yeah. circulation here in the UK. Well, my where I went was the same location that my friend, who suffers from asthma quite badly, got his a month ago, and he's in his early forties, and it's near a hospital. And because he's into the science of it, and apparently the Pfizer one requires sort of hospital grade freezing. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's very very cold. Temperatures. Freeze. Whereas whereas the AZ uh, variant can be sort of stored in any and can be stored willy nilly in any old fridge. So he got the Pfizer. And I went to the same place just a few weeks later, but I got the AstraZeneca. So, right. So that broke down his theories on supply chain and whatnot. I don't um, know. There seems to be a little... I've heard of people refusing the AstraZeneca and being like, no, I must have the Pfizer. <laughs> I, I want the good but stuff. I don't care. I just, I just... I was like, let's just get it over and done with. Can I, can I make me obvious gag? Can I do the gag? Did, you know, have you no? got superhuman powers yet? Well, you know, I tried connecting uh, my phone via Bluetooth to the chip in my arm so that <laughs> Bill Gates can see what 5G towers I'm, yep. Yep. you know, connecting to. But no joy. Cannot connect Is that Is that because the iPhone SE isn't 5G? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the AstraZeneca <laughs> is not compatible with the iPhone SE. <laughs> That's so, it's because I haven't upgraded my iOS. You've got the other latest version. That's when funny. did you have the jab? So, uh, I, oh, you may not have seen my tale of woe on Twitter, David. So I, I had haven't. It. I'm sorry. It's all right. We're, 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 internet, Jeff, Jeff, we're recording... barely, Jeff barely mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this on a Sunday, and you're lucky I'm a, here to tell the tale. It, I had it. It was first touch and go thing. for a bit, wasn't it? It was. I had it first. I was first. I in. mean, the recording, not not. <laughs> I was first in at 9am on the Friday morning. I thought, let's get it in early. So if there's any yeah. problems, I've got all day, right? And by lunchtime, I was fine. And I was like, and I was like right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to go out for my exercise, go down the shop. You know, and Vicky was like, no, you should stay in. I was like, no, I feel fine, I feel fine. So I went out, I went out for my walk. As I came back, I felt, weirdly, my lips started tingling, right? That was the first sign. I was like, that's a bit weird. And then I came back, I was like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I sat down and then I just felt faint, right? And then about six o'clock, this headache came on and I sat on the couch at six o'clock. And I didn't, li- I honestly didn't move from that couch until midday the next day. And my, <laughs> mm. all my joints ached and I had a headache and it, and it clearly took hold. And I was like, oh, yeah. But then I got up on the Saturday feeling better. And Vicky's like, you should stay on the couch from day and just rest. I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. And I went out again for a walk in the afternoon. And literally halfway in the walk, I was like, oh, I feel really, feel really bad. And I called her and she came and got me. (laughs) Oh, no. And walked to me home. And then I just collapsed into bed again. And then today, Sunday, 
I'm okay. okay. So it, it did affect me for 24 hours. Yeah, my both my parents had the AstraZeneca and my mum felt pretty rotten with it. My dad didn't have anything, so I guess it's just... It, it's yeah. sort of luck of the draw. Luck, lottery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My wife had it because she's a frontline worker uh, and had absolutely no effect on her whatsoever my the, dad the az the az or the pfizer uh, i think i think it was the astrazeneca my dad who uh was very very poorly over christmas with in hospital and everything um with uh with covid came out at the end of january he had his jab um a couple of weeks ago now and felt rotten the following oh, day no, he's not, he's felt rotten run, for he? about four or five days uh and then he's he's been fine ever since and and from what i hear it's the second jab that very often can. I think it's all down to your own immune system's response to what you know to the injection that you've had, um, and the more the stronger the response, the worse you feel. And if you've already had one dose of COVID, then you know right. maybe your body's going. Rah, I know what to hang do on, with so, you. Hang on. So does that mean I can expect it to be even worse for the second one? Well, I, I've heard, I have heard some reports that that is the case, that it's the second one that gets you the worst. And from what well, I understand, <laughs> I, I should probably verify this, but uh, I heard that in France, uh, while they're still trying to ration out um, the doses of the vaccine where supply is short, that people who have already had COVID are for now only having one dose of right, the vaccine. Right, because they've effectively had one. Yeah, and I don't know if that's more widespread or whether that uh, guidance has changed. But, you know, as far as my dad was concerned, mm. he did have COVID once back at the beginning of uh, December. And then, um, yeah, he's had his second dose. So I can understand why maybe he feels a bit rough I, out of it. Now, could I, it be, I, I, Jeff, that you yeah. have had COVID? Yeah, that's, and what, I, that's what I wondered. Yeah, OK. Uh, OK. So and maybe so that was... Hmm. But then uh, I, don't, I doubt my mum got COVID and not my dad. So I'm not sure yep. whether that that would. So, so David, if, let's say I've had COVID, didn't realise. Now I've had the first jab. What will happen when I have the second one? Uh, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not Doctor David. I am just David. Hang, hang uh, on, I'm making a note of that. I'm not <laughs> Doctor. Hang on, right. Yeah. You got, you're not a PhD. Really? No, not 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 yet. No, <laughs> and have have no plans to. I, I think, as far as the jab's concerned, for me, I'm very keen to have it. And you know, whether vaccine passports and all the rest of these shenanigans happen with regards to us travelling abroad or even being able to go to events here in the UK, FA Cup semi final and FA Cup final. I'm, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> That's at you. That's why you're doing it. Yeah. That's um, why. But I am no, and anyone who knows me knows I'm appalling. I, I'm like a, a baby when it comes to needles. Actually, babies are fine with needles because they haven't got a clue what's going on. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a, a young kid anyway with needles, and I pass out so very, very easily. And there's nothing I can do about it. Maybe I should try some hypnosis or something. So. The main thing I'm worried about the jab, I can probably do with feeling rough for two or three days. That's that. That's fine. But it's just how I feel when I have that that jab that I, I will pass out. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever I've had to have uh, vaccines and jabs when I've travelled abroad before. You know, to Southeast Asia in particular. Um, yeah, I've I've generally passed out every I time have I've heard had an injection. If, um, wow. if you if you are of that persuasion with injections, because they do them in like big centres, mm -hmm. if you just make them aware of that. They'll yep. give you like the top of the. They'll give you like a doctor rather than the kind of hired help, and they'll help you through it basically, rather than yep. just stick you in a line with everyone else. So it may I be know worth it's... letting them know. 
Yeah, no, I'll be. I'll certainly be sure to do that. I know a couple of people who volunteered to be vaccinators. My mm. father-in-law, uh, ex-military, worked in a, a well, uh, runs a health and safety consultancy in normal times, and he volunteered through St John's Ambulance to be one of the vaccinators. Went through mm. lots of training, even though yeah. he's in his early sixties, giving these jabs. They didn't offer him the jab. Oh, I thought they were. I thought they were. They gave everyone who was giving the jabs the vaccine first. Anyway, I thought that was the. Well, apparently not. Apparently not. My my volunteer friends have all told me that at the end of the day they get offered a jab. Ah, everyone just has a jab at the end of the day. Anything left over. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened to my father-in-law. It is not mandatory for you to have had the jab in order to become a uh, injection giver. I'm sure there's a more technical term for that, uh, a vaccinator. Um, but at the end of the day, with some leftovers from people who hadn't shown up for their jabs, mm. that's when, in in theory, Correct. vaccinators do get them. Because um, also there is yeah. kind of like an unofficial wait list, kind of, if you basically turn up at the vaccinator at the end of the day and ask, apparently they will... If they've got vaccines that they've thawed out, they will use those rather than let them go to waste. Yeah. yeah. But there's no kind of official system of just putting your name down and saying, I'll be on the wait list. I know we have listeners from all over the world. Um, obviously, we're based in the UK and UK's, I think, doing a pretty good job when it comes to this For whole the vaccination game. Yeah. At, the, at the moment. At the, only at the moment. Yeah. Well, what are my friends? What, what are my friends described it, um, you know, remembering back to 2012, nine years now, gosh, nine nine years ago now, when, when it was the London Olympics and many of us who lived in and around London, being typical cynical Brits, <laughs> feared that the Olympics would fall on its face and just be another example of, you know, Britain not doing things properly. And then I remember the Friday night of the opening ceremony. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a sports fan anyway and, you know, love a bit of theatre and a bit of spectacle. But there was this national recognition that, oh, my God, we're not going to be sh- at the Olympics. Yep. It was the yep. most amazing opening ceremony. That, and That was also one of the best ever nights on Twitter because when you looked at Twitter, <clears throat> the only thing that people were tweeting about was the opening ceremony. Yeah. It was the funniest, best, interesting, wonderful thing to see. That and was that, peak Twitter. Peak and, Twitter. Uh, and I think Twitter's probably gone downhill since yeah. then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but my point is that, you know, we did something... It was a national effort and we did Correct. it bloody well. So Correct. right now, here we are in 2021, rolling out this vaccine. Typical cynical Brits going, oh, we're going to stuff this one up as well. But so far, we haven't. So people are calling it, or at least at least my friend called it. Um, it is uh, like London 2012 with needles. And I think he's about <laughs> right. David, with a nod to the fact that over 100,000 people have died. Yeah, no, no, no. I do take that point. Um, as far as the vaccination effort is concerned, right, that could equally, okay. and for maybe some of the reasons why I'll keep politics out of it, you know, why we've not done very well in terms of, you know, keeping those deaths and those, um, you know, the, the, the other numbers down. The bit that we have done well is hopefully giving people a fighting chance of not catching it in the future. So, yes, we, we are. A, we are a tech podcast, not a health yeah. politics podcast. Right. <laughs> and we just again, let me, let me just check my notes, David. Not a doctor, it says. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. That's good. Anyway, I feel fine now. When are you having your vaccinations, boys? I've, I've not been called up yet. 
You so, just you don't I'm get the text. Okay. I'm obviously far younger than you, Jeff. So you can check. You you can manually go onto a website. <laughs> I've got a friend, and literally the moment he uh, he thought he was in range, it was the fifties. He booked his one via the website before the text had a chance to come through. Which yeah, I think they're probably relying so on that to a degree. You don't have to wait for the text. I do have a I do have a, a page a bookmarked page which basically tells you the current age and last i checked it was 50 so well I'm, I'm surprised you haven't got an app that monitors it yeah. for you <laughs> an app that you pay six pound a month i would for, tell you what i should you. do so i i got a coat <laughs> over christmas and it was quite hard to get it in the size and style that i wanted on sale and i used basically an old technique i used to use for, going for iphones where i had a service that monitored changes to the page mm-hmm. so basically whenever the page changed it would alert me so i'd get like a instant email within an hour of saying right the coat you now want is on sale at the price you want and and the right size so maybe i should do that for the vaccine website and just keep it um, yeah. <laughs> yeah have an alert on that and then uh it'll let me but know that, whenever it changes that takes me back to like 20 years ago when i had a basic html website and people yeah there was a bit of software you could run that, that told you what had changed on your website yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty complicated now, but yeah, you can get services bet, out there that I will. Bet. Back in HTML days, that would have been a much more of a I think it's called Follow That Page is the one that I found to be the oh. best at uh, alerting you to changes to websites. Oh. So there we go. Uh, that's the vaccine portion of the, uh, of the program. <laughs> so does this mean you can get out and about and start making transport videos again, Jeff, or...? Well, they're, 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 they're saying the 28th, aren't they? Which at time of recording is a week from now, next right. weekend. Um, I think for a bit, I'm still going to just go. I'm going to go on my bike, go on foot. I can mm. always drive. So, yeah, I'm just, um, I've been, I've, I've, I've done one trip. I went on one approved press journey. That was Yeah, you went approved. down to Brighton, didn't you? And that was the weirdest thing. Did we not discuss this last podcast? No, <laughs> no I don't think you did. Like I've stayed within just a few miles of home within London for so long now. <laughs> so I was a moment I was like, I'm in Brighton. I was like, I sort of, st- I sort of looked, stopped and looked around me like, oh gosh, other places exist. I'd forgotten that <laughs> it was great to be like 50 miles from home. Felt really extravagant. <laughs> That's what was scary. So yes. So people keep saying, where, where are you going to go as soon as you can travel again? Um, my answer is as far as I possibly can. Right. You know, it's just, that, just on a Edinburgh, very... basically. Yeah. Probably you get a sleeper to back. Edinburgh. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm saying that slightly tongue in cheek. We'll see. Going to see what happens on the twenty eighth. Any big plans for a big trip coming up? You know, given that you've been locked down for a, for a year or so. It's and it's a year this week, isn't it? Twenty. 20- yes, it is. Tomorrow Ooh. night, uh, as we record, was yeah. the night when we were told to stay home, save save lives. Wow! So it is fifty two weeks for the year. Don't know. Like I say, going to wait and see what they confirm next weekend mm-hmm. on the twenty eighth as to what. Because it's all based on this, like they're saying. That's the bizarre thing, wasn't it? Oh, God, we're still talking about the pandemic. It'll be based on the data, they said, but then the data, actually gave us dates. date. Yeah, and then yeah. they proceeded to give us dates. It's yeah, like, but they so are I... still provisional dates. So if the levels continue so to I'm, change in the I'm way sure they expect. I'm sure as many of us are, I'm waiting to see what is actually announced on or around those provisional dates. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's it. Yeah. Where What, what are you boys going to do next week? <laughs> well... I mean, I've still been, I've still been travelling around. I've been working. I was in Manchester, Leeds, <clears throat> and London this week, as well as have, here in have, Leicestershire. Have, have, have you had any critical feedback, David? You're a journalist by trade. You're allowed to travel to go to certain things and events. Has anybody ever kind of challenged you or 
given well, you a negative comment or no uh, i mean i uh, i have a letter from Channel 4's daytime commissioner in my bag to carry around um, when I'm on the, the job that I go up to Leeds for. See, that's so, interesting. Yeah, so okay. in case uh, in case I get stopped by uh, the police, uh, here is my justification. Same when I'm on BBC duty as well. Uh, I have a letter that they give to me to tell me that I am allowed to travel and that it's an exempt. Hand, but are you driving or taking the train? Sorry. I, I'm dri- I haven't. Uh, I think I can. I, I drive. I've probably caught a train twice in the last um or done two trips three trips uh, in the last well, but, have, but you honestly think that the police might pull you over or there might be like a no, roadblock somewhere with a road search and they no, demand they to know why you're but they, it, have, there, have there been cases of that happening i think it's just broadcasters and other people who i'm working for wanting to cover their own back and just make sure yeah. that you know uh in case i do get stopped then I will be let on to travel pretty quickly. <laughs> did, did, did you see what they do on Good Morning Britain, by the way? So I'm just thinking of journalists and, and news. This Hang is on. the week that this is the week that Piers Morgan famously walked out. <laughs> um, but it didn't occur to me until I because I don't watch Good Morning Britain. I, I'm like, yeah, but because of that, apparently, it like doubled their figures. Like the, the day after he walked out and quit, like, like double people tuned. I guess in the it, next just morning. it just brought, I, I tuned yeah, in six thirty six the following it. morning, yeah. it, including me. But what I didn't realize they do is that on the wide shot in the Good Morning Studio, they're obviously all spaced or nicely apart. But yeah. then they've done a live split screen where they join the presenters. Yeah, they've they've got together. a lot better. But I you think. can but you can see the blend. You can see the if somebody wobbles their <laughs> elbow too much, it goes off screen as it crashes into the other. And I was like, of course that's what they do. That's really clever. But it's yeah. just kind of fun to see. So as that well. <laughs> that desk that they have on on Good Morning Britain's a brand new desk. It's a kind of piece of landmark set design. It's only been in for a few weeks. Uh, and that allows for some of that clever stuff with regards to camera angles and some of the split screen stuff and I think they've done some clever stuff with the background so that it doesn't look too joiny and you've actually got to kind of you know look at the wide shot and work out how they've done it I think it's really clever what they've done Um, so yeah uh, obviously tough times for GMB but I'm sure they'll bounce back but I haven't looked to see what BBT Breakfast do to see if they did the same way. Yeah, I don't really watch live telly couch. at the moment anyway. So, like, everything. <laughs> Who does? Yeah. Who watches live telly anymore? So, I I do. I'm I'm on live telly. I guess a lot you, of that yeah, that's, <laughs> you kind of have to, David. You no, can't Dave, really, I, I don't watch live telly, on, but I'll happily Being be on, on live telly doesn't count as watching. You can't, unless you're not. It doesn't count. Also, you can't watch yourself on live telly, David. So. <laughs> no, but I've got a fairly good idea what's going on around me. Uh, and, and I have to say, I mean, generally they are very good. So I, I've been working on a Channel 4 show, uh, lunchtimes. Um, you know, I've been doing mm. a, 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 a yeah, show you did, a week, more or There was some Instagram less. hack, wasn't there? <laughs> This episode of Fraculous is brought to you by ExpressVPN, the easiest way to protect your online privacy. So easy, even a human could do it. ExpressVPN secures and anonymously anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one single click and there are easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background whether you insist on using a tablet, phone or computer. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by fellow humans at TechRadar.com. ExpressVPN has a special offer just for humans that listen to Fraculous with their ears. You can get three months free without paying any money if you sign up for a one-year package for a year. 
To sign up for a one-year package and get three months free for free and to show your support for the show sign up at fraculous.com slash expressvpn. Yes, so, uh, right, so uh, I've been covering general <laughs> consumer technology stories for a show called Steph's Packed Lunch, which is with former BBC business journalist Steph McGovern and uh, oh, that's BBC Breakfast I did, presenter. I kind of recognised her, yeah, when I saw your clips. Yeah, so she popped over to Channel 4 a uh, little while ago and uh, she's got her own daytime show. And um, so I have d- I've done a few things now f- uh, about uh, donating laptops, um, particularly with everyone working from home and schooling from home and some families not having uh, enough devices to uh, be able to homeschool their kids. I did a piece on Instagram uh, hacking and the story whereby a number of people who run small businesses, this seems to be a bit of a sweet spot for criminals, have uh, through uh, social engineering, bit of a phishing attack, had their business accounts held to ransom. Oh, so really? hacked, first of all, yeah. So so how uh, this works... It's, it's, yeah, I couldn't see what the actual story... I saw you were like yeah. telling people how to not get hacked, but I couldn't see what the actual yeah. lead story was. That so we actually did an interview with, uh, with with a small business owner who received received a direct message over, over Instagram, uh, which from, looked all intents own. and purposes... <laughs> All intents and purposes looked like it was from Instagram uh, saying, yes, we've got a copyright violation on your account. Please click here, log in. Of course, the site that they were redirected to wasn't a genuine Instagram account. That gave away the credentials to log in. And then, you know, <laughs> we've seen the direct message conversation that took place between the uh, the ransomer, the hijacker, and uh, and the, the, the victim but then here. If they, once they've taken over your account, how do they contact you? Because you no longer have access to your account. Uh, I, I think she got in through her personal account and then started you direct messaging email, you? her own business account. Um, and mm. yeah, so um, and part of that story is also how very, very difficult it is then to get in touch mm. with an Instagram, a Facebook, yeah. a Twitter. Yeah. And I've dealt with a number of cases of this in the past. So anyway, oh, I see what they're going for. So yeah, they're, they're relying on the fact that basically if, you, if you're relying on your Instagram or your YouTube or your Twitter for your yep. leads... Yes, and indeed. you'll never get any support from those companies because they don't yep. have really support to cover that kind of thing. And the stakes are very high. You know, big companies, you know, if you're running John Lewis's uh, Instagram account, <sighs> you're going to have a security team. You will have two-factor authentication, yeah. a, a good chunk of stuff enabled. But small, medium businesses where it's people who are, you know, just don't have that kind of support are more likely to not mm. necessarily have the cybersecurity training to click on that phishing link, therefore to give away their details. So um, there was that. And then um, anyway... Uh, live live TV. So I, I've been doing stories like that, which is great. But, you know, we are, uh, at, I'm at the other end of a two-metre table and I did a shoot <laughs> with Steph last year. And on camera, they got a person, there was um, one of the uh, lighting guys with a measuring tape in yeah. the shot. Uh, this wasn't live. But just so in case anyone did write into the show mm-hmm. and say, yeah. oh yeah, you weren't two metres apart, they've got the shot to prove Oh, yes, we were. And it's mm. kind of like that in the studio. I mean, obviously, when you are being mic'd up, um, uh, you know, that there is in the risk assessment, there's a thing saying, right, you are only allowed to be within one meter of someone for less than a minute or, or whatever mm. it is. And you will need to be masked and so on. So, uh, it, I mean, there need to be ways for these shows to carry on as safe as, as safely as they possibly can be. And, you know, certainly for my BBC shoots, I've been doing a lateral flow test the day before mm. um, or, or the morning of. Uh, before I'm allowed on set. 
How many tests have you been having a week? What, one every day or two a week? Or No, it's, it's usually the day before, so I, I don't know how many tests okay. I've had now. But um, David, did you see the Mark Rober video, the new video from Mark Rober this week about how they caught the scammers and what the latest online scam is? Oh, he did a new get, one with his glitter, didn't people. he? A new it's glitter amazing. bomb. No, t- tell me more. So uh, well, you need to watch his video. It's 26 minutes and it's worth every moment of watching. And they've got screen captures and they show you what the latest scammer does. And it's the same old trick in which a call centre will call you. And it always relies on calling someone vulnerable or susceptible to this kind of stuff. Yep. And they get you to install some some kind of client software to fix your computer. They're attached to your PC. They get their banking details and they're like, yes, you must pay us some money. And then they go, well, hang on, we need to... Uh, log you out for a second and they pretend to log you out of, of your bank. They log you out. They then go in and they capture the HTML source code of your banking page, go in and edit it and make it look as if a deposit of like £20,000 has just happened. Mm-hmm. And they pretend that instead of you transferring them £200, you must have double typed an extra zero and you, and yep. they transferred you £20,000. And people go, oh my God, I've given you like Nineteen thousand eight hundred pounds too much, and and then the guy goes, "Oh well, you'll have to send that to me as cash uh, to my curie or whatever." And then people genuinely bundle up, you know, twenty thousand dollars or pounds in cash and start FedExing it to an address, and it's incredible. And you're right; it is the same. It is the same script, the same story. That's you know twenty years old. Where you know uh, the Microsoft support scam. Then when Talk Talk Mm. got hacked, it was the Talk Talk scam. But it's more or less the same script using the same tools to uh, you know have remote access to your PC. If if somebody just said to me, "I'm going to install some remote access software on your computer," I would (laughs) tell, "Well, get out the bleep." I would just tell them to. off it's like it's like why would you do that you know people people do Uh, and that's the thing that that's why they tend to target over 55s target vulnerable people my dad gets so many of these bloody calls every single day i guess it's anyone with a landline for a start well and you still uh, still have a landline as well yeah and then i don't have a landline i haven't had for Mm. years but they now call mobiles as well because they can do that cheaply enough and get enough of a return on investment to make it worthwhile that yeah and and that's what he says like you well they have robo calling and they have lists and if you've if you've fallen for a scam once then you get marked up as susceptible hey we'll Mm. call you again yeah, and they, they literally said they and they hacked their they sort of reverse hacked their databases and they they said they make hundreds of thousands of calls and if just like ten of them out of you know a hundred thousand respond, it's it's worth their while. But I thought it was genius how they hacked the code to make it look as if you've inadvertently mm. transferred more money than yeah. you meant to and then and then that person thinks, What? Why it's yeah, it was that's a bit shocking. Yeah, there is it's something re- about some sort of overpayment scam where someone sends you like a check. They'll send yeah. you a check and they'll say, oh, sorry, I overpaid you. Send me the black rest by Bitcoin. Sorry. Yeah. sorry that's <laughs> and then obviously sorry, the check they can cancel, whereas the Bitcoin they can't. So, Sorry, that's what it is. Yeah, no, the scammer makes it look like they've paid the person £20,000 yeah. or dollars. And then they go, oh, my goodness, let me send you that money back to you. Yeah. And then the scammer goes, yes, but you have to send it as cash because if you wire it, my boss will see it and I'll get in mm-hmm. trouble and lose, mm. and lose my job. Yeah. And so the person <laughs> looking on screen seeing all that money in their bank account goes, oh, sure, of course, I'll do the right honest thing and send you back that money which you inadvertently transferred. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. Have shocking. a look on YouTube uh, <laughs> and, and on various social media for a, a user called uh, Jim Browning. Now he Jim Browning, a... yeah, no, it's him, yeah, it's him, David. Oh, okay. It's, 
It's Mark Rober with Jim Browning. That, right, and they've, so they've made a video together. It's superb. Really interesting. So I've, have to watch I've it. spoken in the past. You with, know Jim Browning? Jim Browning. He's a, the, that's uh, the Irish dude, right? Is he I, I, Irish? Yeah, um, He's lovely. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so way, way back, I did this story for Watchdog. I mean, this is probably about five or six years ago. And uh, there were a couple of people who I spoke to in researching that story. Uh, Jim Browning, just when he was starting off his YouTube channel, to be fair, was one of them. And another one was uh, a, an Australian cybersecurity researcher called Troy Hunt, uh, both of whom had done oh, yeah, various, no, degrees, sure. yeah, uh, various degrees of, uh, of scam abating in the past. So we we did the Microsoft support scam. I got a load of telephone numbers. I had a Mac. I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've bored you both with this before. Had a, had a Windows instance on. <laughs> <laughs> had a Windows instance on a virtual machine, and uh, yeah. But also to try and find out where they were, I ran a utility called Wireshark to try and capture where the packets that were coming into my machine and where the stuff that they were taking from a machine and sending it back to, where they were coming from. Uh, and hopefully with an IP address, we might be able to see, you know, even get some vague idea of which part of the world they were coming in well, no, from. But he does this incredible thing where somehow he hacks their CCTV or their webcam and he yeah. does shots in his videos with him looking at the offices where they operate from. It's amazing. <laughs> and, he, and he also did one for BBC Panorama, I think probably last year or so, where, yeah, he did hack the CCTV. CCTV systems, which at the end of the day, you know, CCTV is not not clever or posh these days. You know, it's mm. footage that's ending up on a hard drive on a NAS somewhere. So probably, uh, you know, not that difficult to hack in so, once you've got access so, to their so, system. So, so could Jim Browning use his powers for evil and not instead of fight for good for fighting crime, he could turn rogue and and. Uh... I believe in Jim. I, be- I believe in Jim. He he seems to me, and from you know the, the minimal dealings that I've he, had with him, uh, a thoroughly decent sort who spends yeah, no, he is. a lot yeah, yeah, of his is, time yeah. trying to do the right thing. So yeah, uh, more power yeah, to people yeah. like him. Absolutely concur. Gosh, yeah, go watch the Mark Rober video. Now, it's, it's, David, it's on my list. Now. On my list. <laughs> Gotta watch it, Will. It'll be in the show notes, this. won't it? Yes. But well, what, yeah, and what he did with the glitter bomb is that is that uh, when people send a package, they then intercepted FedEx oh, couriers, the, well, and they the said, bomb again? Yeah, and they said, I said, look, in there, someone scammed twenty thousand dollars, and the FedEx is like, what? And they replaced it with the glitter bomb, so that mm-hmm. the the money mule, instead of opening a package of twenty thousand dollars, opens a package and gets sprayed in glitter. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> Ah, and then and then the police stop them. And there's there's a brilliant moment where they go, "Ma'am, why are you covered in glitter?" And she's like, "Well, I just, I, I, I don't know." Because <laughs> she's got. Why would you be sprayed in glitter? And I think she's probably explain to anyone that's not not seen the video that the whole glitter bomb thing was that he. There's the thing in America where they leave packages. Actually, they do it more in the porch, UK now. Porch, porch pirates. pirates. And we've actually found that increasingly deliveries are left outside our house without them even mm. ringing the doorbell. But that seems to be the standard in America. So what he did was he took a HomePod box and inside it he placed a spinning container that contained glitter and a camera and I think a, uh, a mobile phone as well so that the footage could be recorded of them four, opening this package. Four, four yeah. mobile phones with yeah, four, yeah, so it had like 360 degree coverage. Yeah. So whenever they opened the package, first of all, the glitter went everywhere, and then it recorded their face and their shock as this happened. So, so yeah. good. Oh, why don't Why don't we ever do anything like that? <laughs> why don't we ever put our skills to good use? Maybe when when the lockdown's over, that's that's the key. 
Right. So that's all the stuff that's not on the list out of the way. What's on yeah. the list? <laughs> There's a list. Well, I, have a quick <laughs> update. I have a quick update on the M1 Mac, which I think David is... Uh, would lead on to David's recent purchase. When, but, um, when when is when is the next Apple event thing? Must be soon, April, isn't it? It's rumored for sometime in April, isn't it? There was a fake rumor, or no, there was apparently there was going to be on the twenty third, but the rumor was that this was leaked deliberately by Apple to spot leakers. So it's like one of those like hmm. deliberately sending information to certain people to see where leaks were coming from. Oh, really? Apparently, Never. but did it uh, work? I don't know. I mean, there is no event on the twenty third, so who knows. Who knows? But yeah, so the M1, last time we spoke, I was not unable to get more than two screens lit from it, one and one external. But I bought the A-Logic, um, I think it's called the Universal, it's got a really snappy name, Universal Twin HD Pro Docking Station. And that is a USB-C uh, connector, but has the Display Link technology in it. And that works fine, works really well. Mm. So that has enabled me to have my Thunderbolt display hooked up via a Thunderbolt 2 to 3 adapter and then the HDMI display hooked into this dock. It actually supports, I think, a couple of displays, but I only need one. And I believe, David, that you have a new purchase based on this this brand new information. Ooh. Yeah, so... David's got a box in his hand. (laughs) I do have a box in my hand, and this is... This is a Mac... This is a Mac Mini, an M1. I've never owned a Mac Mini before. I've I've got oh really 20, no. I, I've uh, my first Mac, which probably got about twelve years ago now, is I still got it in front of me and it still gets used very very regularly. Uh, is my twenty seven inch iMac that I spec'd up to the max back mm. in the day, and that has uh, certainly paid dividends. Although the screen isn't Retina and and stuff, and it's doesn't really have super fast io it's been a really good little machine um and my macbook but i've never owned never owned a mac mini until now so i bought this um after long conversations you, you have taken it the box aren't you are you about to unbox it live on Fractalus? well, well <laughs> so i bought this i must have got it four weeks ago will i think it was probably when yeah. you were in the studio yeah we did some filming in your studio didn't we what did hang on you, you've been what I well now I'm left out. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Let's Sorry. not tell Jeff. We were on a... We spoke about how I was going to drive up in a Tesla to your studio, and, and you never did. Yeah, it was in well, the, was the interim period. Between what were the... you? I'm sorry, tangent. <laughs> what were you filming? We were filming the mobile phone um, videos that David and I do together. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah. <laughs> <Moving> on. <laughs> I think we normally film outdoors, but I think we were in the stage when that cold snap. I think it was going to be like minus eight for most of the day and i was actually worried that if we were going to spend that long outside there was actually a genuine danger to our health it was that cold well and working outside the device's safe operating temperatures yes was was another (laughs) real risk it was sub-zero up here in uh, arctic leicestershire so uh so we filmed indoors and you know we both isolated for a few days beforehand and it was all very all very very safe and whatnot but anyway that that was the weekend when my mac mini m1 fully specced uh arrived i got a one terabyte hard drive or ssd rather than a two terabyte but that apart from that it's it's full fat and i unboxed it today Oh, wow. That is how busy my uh, end of February and beginning of March has been. It's been uh, so much, so, so much work, so busy that I've not had, and I know it's going to be 
a morning, an afternoon at least to set up a you know a machine, particularly mm. a new one from scratch. Uh, and I, I haven't had that, so I had to take you know some time away from the family this afternoon. Admittedly, there was a bit of football on that I could watch here as well, <laughs> yeah. uh, doing two things at once. So um, I, I've plugged it in. Now this does lead me to the next thing because the monitor that with with a Mac Mini you just get the box and you get a power supply and bring your own it. monitor, keyboard, mouse, and it whatever. Is. <laughs> so I, I have brought my own. I have brought my own. Uh, I, I bought the trackpad and I got um, the um, you know the, the, the nice space grey keyboard as well, which is all well and good. But as far as the monitor is concerned. I don't really have a good one. The best monitor I've got is that monitor from my 27-inch iMac from mm. 10, 11 years ago. And I, I can use that as an ex... You can't do this with newer yeah. iMacs, but with, with Macs of this certain vintage, then you can use it as an external display. target display mode. Exactly. But this Mac's noisy. It mm. doesn't half guzzle a you know a good chunk of power, and in order to do any recording, then I have to you know turn it off, and it keeps on waking up, and you know I should probably rebuild it at some point. The fans are quite noisy and wary as well. So what I'm after now is a decent, let's say, 27 inch monitor mm. uh, that's going to do the job for me, and uh, you know I haven't had to buy a monitor in years. So um, yeah. So Apple's I, got I, something for it. It's called the Pro Display XDR. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't have I don't have five grand or three grand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's extra grand around. for the, the stand as well. Don't forget. And also, if you want the nice etched matte screen uh, that you can't really clean with anything other than a special cloth, which if you lose <laughs> probably costs a good chunk of money as well. So as much as I might lust over that monitor, were I to see it in the flesh, and I haven't been to an Apple store in a very long time to see it. I'm kind of looking at the next level down. I know there's the LG Ultrafine ones and, and so on. And I know as soon as I buy a monitor, Apple's going to come out with one of its own, you know, a revamped cinema display. So, yeah, I do need to buy something mm. sooner rather than later. And I want it to have HDMI inputs or DisplayPort inputs as well as a USB-C input as well, just so it can be flexible for different uses around here. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my next my next odyssey. Um, and it's like I say, it's been a very long time. I'm not even really sure what I'm looking for, whether I want one of these super wide curved displays. Yeah, I think there's I think support for those super wide displays isn't brilliant on the Mac from what I understand. I okay. think it's 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 yeah, it's not it's not great. Mm. Um, the only thing that I have tried to do, and I, I didn't have time to do it before we recorded this, was uh, I've been working on a on a fairly beefy project in uh, Premiere Pro with you know lots of different sequences in there, lots of different transitions, and I just wanted to compare mm. my MacBook Pro, which is last year with, with the latest generation of Intel processors, yeah. with a Mac M1. Um, chip just to see the different and i've got the uh, creative i've got the premiere pro beta yep. which does natively support um uh, the m1 chip so uh yeah uh, once dropbox has finished doing its thing i'll be able to compare the export times on those and yeah. i know you did some numbers last yeah, time jeff and i we were going to have a have an encode off weren't we on our on our machines but we i, did, I failed yeah, to organize and, that <laughs> and that's become more relevant now oh because David is not the only one who opened up a new box this this week today. Oh. Shall I get mine? Hang on. What have you got, Jen? It's right here. Well, Will, it, Will should Will should know because we chatted about it. Is it a Mac? No. <laughs> Hang on. Obviously, this doesn't help to the listeners of Fraculous who can't see our Zoom chat call that okay. we have. But I purchased myself this. 
Oh, 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 he's got the a ninety new... D. Oh, you went for the ninety D in the end, and that's that's for. for Should I say the Canon ninety D? It's a camera. The, it's not not a so, computer. Just for so the big, the the big thing was, yeah. When when you're a vlogger, <laughs> <laughs> like I am, you tend to drop cameras, throw them around, they fall Uh-oh. over. You know, and they break. Mm. I've had to repair the mic port a couple of times, and just especially yeah. if Casey but, Neistat is your inspiration. Exactly, <laughs> uh, and so it was new camera time. But it was do I go mirrorless? Mm. And then I noticed that uh, I don't want to name them, but a certain website somewhere was doing an interest-free like deal on the on the ninety D. So I was all set to maybe go for the Canon. Is it the R or the RF there's range? The, there's the Canon the R. There's both. Yeah, but then yeah. now the Canon M isn't there, which is the other mirrorless. Yeah, smaller. Yeah. Okay. But in, in the end, I got the 90D. And I know what happened. Next time I get a new camera in a couple of years, then the, the, the knowledge and, and the range of mirrorless cameras will be wider and prices will have mm. fallen. So that's not when I'll get it. But yeah, so the 90D, which is like an 80D, but everything's a little bit tweaked and refined and better and lighter. And basically, and it does 4K. So it's like, well, hey, I can now shoot in 4K. And it- I thought, go on. Yeah. Uh, so it, uh, I was just going to say, in terms of spec, is it is it 4K higher frame rate, or are you still kind of locked at 25 or 30 frames a second? No, it's 25. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, only just 25. You're saying I can't do 50? Mm. Can I do 50? I think I'm locked at 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you want to, see, now I'm going to ask like a dumb tech question in the <laughs> middle of the tech pod. David, you want to, can I, David? Can I ask you a dumb tech question? Is Far it? away, if you like. Hang on. Hang on. I'm currently shooting on a 4K camera in here. No, because no, there was a setting on, on the camera, and I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I know okay. I could just either A, Google it, or B, read the I'm manual. I'm sure Will's or got I... as much of a chance of, of this, probably more so than I have, but f- far away. The, yeah, in movie record size, it does... Yeah, you can do 720 and uh, 1080 at... at at 50 frames but 4k is definitely only 25 mm-hmm. right and there's a thing called high frame rate which do, which does actually record 100 frames a second which is ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, but there's something that but there's something david called 4k mo- movie cropping and i don't know what that is <laughs> is that where it's not trying to down sample so it's not using uh, yeah. all of the sensor it's, it's just, just using a, a crop portion. in the middle of the sensor yeah so your sensor is going to be what a um, twenty point something megapixel sensor in that in that ninety D, and I guess there's a couple of ways that the camera can uh, record an image in movie, it, re- record a moving image. It can use all of that sensor and then downsample it because obviously you're not recording a twenty megapixel movie because that would be ridiculous. So it would downsample that. So you're still getting the large sensor effect. Or it's a, still a um, an APS-C sensor on there, isn't it? So, mm. so you've still got it's a not full size. So you still get that nice uh, shallow depth of field effect with the with the image hitting all of the sensor. That that's fine. But when you're all working on a crop, when you're working on a movie crop, it's actually just capturing the image that lands on a 4K bit in the middle of that, which would, uh, I guess, it would have an effective zoom were you to do that. Is that what? The yeah, Nikon's you'll get did, you'll get a zoom. Uh, I know. I think the Nikon does resamples the whole thing, but I do know the original Canon R had quite a quite a big crop so mm. you had you couldn't really do self vlogging with it with a standard lens because it was so zoomed in um oh yes i yes. think there were basic there are pros and cons to it i think if you do the crop 
obviously you lose the wide you lose the you have to have a very very wide lens on it i think if you resample the entire frame it's much more process intensive and can also lead to moiré and things like that artifacts like that especially if you don't have the exact number of pixels that you're kind of dividing by so i think there are pros and cons to both approaches i would say your best bet jeff is to do clips in both well it's got it disabled and I, i'm just seeing how it how yeah it, how it goes. i would say yeah. enable it and, I, and then see what it looks like but obviously right. do it in on a controlled experiment but, don't go out and shoot but, an entire day with it enabled and then go oh. right well no what i've done at the moment I've, I've i did a vlog at home sort of with me in the bathroom and me in the kitchen and mm. i uploaded oh, it as a, um, <laughs> exactly as an unlisted just, private just your, video. Your, your only fans page <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I, but I've watched it. Back, but the only 4K monitor I have is my TV. So I had been up to, I've then yeah. put up the YouTube app and watched it back, and it does look brilliant. It's like, mm. wow, that's that's mm. that's pretty, that's pretty crisp. <laughs> so it's pretty good. So I'm itching for the 28th of March to come when they go, we're letting you out again. Then I can go and shoot some 4K videos. So, but the, to bring this back to the point from five minutes ago, Will, do we now mm. have an end code off in 1080 or 4K? Because in my experience. My PC just because I was expecting it to be like I'm thinking. Well, if that's four f- times as big, mm. then does that does that mean I'm I'm about to go four times as slow to encode? And it was and it's like no, it just it just chewed through it. It didn't have any okay, any well, issue. That's good. Even but even though it's clearly taking up the file size is bigger because yeah. of 32 gigabyte card. I know it doesn't last long anymore. <laughs> and now yes. I'm going to go and buy some. <laughs> 64s or 128s. I'm like, oh right, so I can't yeah. get as much footage as I did before. Then <laughs> that's not a bad thing. I'm sure uh, no, anyone who's editing your footage will, will adjust yeah. to. Now I found I when know. we did that but... shoot for Nikon, I had to go to proxy workflow because this is on my old 2013 right. MacBook Pro, and and then but that's I... just your but that's just your MacBook not being able to handle it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, because it could handle 1080p fine even with right. grading. But once I moved to the 4K footage, I had to basically yeah. do the proxy workflow just to get decent playback. And then once I graded the shots, yeah, the export times were just horrendous. They were... Right. Right. So here's but, a question. But my, yeah, but my PC, just it just chewed through it and went, no mm. problem. And it even and I did a, a colouring as a test and it was, yeah, no problem. It just seemed to be as fast as, as before. Yeah. So, yeah. David, you have a question. (laughs) I I, I do have a question. And I know we've been getting geeky over specs and export times and so on over the last last episode or two of this. But, (laughs) Will, as someone who has recently changed from a good old-fashioned, well, quite an old machine that you were editing and exporting on for, Mm. for your work to now on to a Mac with an M1 chip and all of the speed benefits uh, and so on, and you're still, you know, chucking out projects in there. In terms of real-world difference, has it sped up your workflow? And I'm I'm not talking about, well, I've been able to churn a film out, export it in one minute rather than in two minutes. Woohoo! you know, that's 100% faster or whatever. Has it actually made a, a perceivable, useful difference to how you work are you able to claw back more time are you able to be you know more productive as a result of getting Uh, a brand new faster machine i think that it's one of those it with a job that's kind of quite repetitive one of those things i have to do is do lots of different edits of the same content Mm. and so even just being able to but what i'd previously do for example if i was doing them was i would batch everything up do the edits basically one by one batch everything up into media encoder and then go away and leave it 
encoding. Yeah. So even if it took one hour, two hours, didn't matter. Whereas actually, I find now because the exports are so much quicker, I'll just do an edit and export it, do an edit and export it. So in some yeah. ways, I know that I'm when I'm done, I'm done. I don't have to go back and kind of close down my Mac, check everything, and I can kind of check the files as I go. So in that way, it's kind of. It's just, it gives me more flexibility, but I had found coping mechanisms as they were. And it was only mm-hmm. if I was, if I had lots of jobs on that that kind of batch workflow would be kind of, uh, there were always going to be times when I wasn't using my machine, but it could be encoding video for me. Okay. But then I'd have to then come back and remember where I'd uploaded it and then to then send it to the client at the right, whereas this kind of just lets me be a little bit more responsive. So... It's not a major thing. But on that Nikon job, for example, I think that would have made a huge difference because I actually had to, because it was taking two hours to encode like a four-minute video on that. So what I did was I would, because I knew there were going to be changes to music and titling, so I actually did an export of the graded edits uh-huh. With without any titles or music on it, and yeah. I then brought that back in once the grading had done was done, yeah. so I could then make kind of any cuts they wanted and add the titles and all of that stuff and do a few revisions of that much more quickly. So, yeah. whereas if I'd have been having to do two hour exports on each change, that we wouldn't have hit the deadline on that project. So, again, there are ways around it. You just have to, but it involves a lot more mental load. Whereas I guess having a fast machine is you don't have to, you don't have to think about these things. So for, for, Jeff, for me, you, I, for me, I was going to say you recently went to a beefier uh, Windows machine, yeah, didn't you? To, so to how's point, that changed your work? To the point where the other day I I I, I exported something, press Alt Tab to go and do something else, hmm. and I'm so used to spending five minutes doing something else. And I looked back and I was like, oh, I must have not hit actual <laughs> export for it. To, and I was like, oh no, it's because it's finished. And it just did yeah. it. In, I was like, what? It did it in like 10 seconds flat and it, I had to, I was like, yeah, it had exported it. Yeah. But also it's my own fastidiousness, I'll say. As I go along working, I like to render things, being able to see playback in real time and stuff. And so, yeah. and it's nice for it to just rip through and go, yep, I just got that. And so what it does is that it makes you feel like you're you're not like, oh, I have to wait a second. And now we carry yeah. on. Oh, I have to wait a second. Is it, so it just, it, may, it, keep, it keeps my momentum going for like doing things, doing things, doing things. It mm. feels as if my machine is keeping up with the pace that I want to work. And that makes me want to carry on working. Whereas before I was sort of inclined to take breaks and get distracted. Mm. <laughs> so, I was going to say, are you drinking substantially less tea as a result of this? Well, I'd just be like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll just go and do something. And then it would just take me four hours to do like 10 minutes. And now I can do... 10 minutes in 20 minutes <laughs> so, mm. so yeah so it's good it's good it's is it good. good or is it bad though do you do you miss those tea breaks <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine i uh been drinking a lot of just uh water and juice recently anyway that's good it's good so yeah shall yeah. i fill you in on part two of my airpod story this episode of Fraculous is brought to you by Audible.com, the premier provider of audiobooks. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, humans like to listen to things. If you're a human you're probably listening to this podcast right now. Audiobooks on Audible are read by real live humans, often the same ones that wrote all of the words as well. Not only are you hearing the words written by the human, but you get to experience them exactly as they intended. Humans love listening to other humans. It is one of their favorite things to do, unlike Risk, which is good, because Audible is completely risk-free. If you don't like the sounds or words you're hearing, 
for any reason, you can exchange it for another without asking any questions. To start your free 30-day trial of Audible, which includes a free audiobook download, go to fraculus.com audible, so that they know that we sent you and to show your support for the show. What? No, we've... No, Will, what? No, literally, in the last Fraculus, which I was listening back to <laughs> on my run the other day, you were like... I know it's like I always talk about AirPods, <laughs> and here you are again. No, no, it's a three-part story. About, so do you want do you want the second about, part? Oh, no, there can't be more. Oh, there is more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So last last week I'd investigated. I decided I was going to buy the fake AirPods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's a whole community on Reddit that basically it's called I think it's called Rep. Reptronics, which basically I di- is meant to specialise in kind of replicas of name electronics, but really is AirPod related pretty much. And so I kind of went deep, deep into the rabbit hole of they've got various guides on which ones you should buy and the features they offer. And there was some new. I thought, well, I might as well try and get the. I'll go for the pros. They just someone had just basically made some pros which had the noise cancelling because up until that. They didn't really have proper noise cancelling. They just looked like the pros, whereas these promised to have the noise cancelling, I thought. And also, one thing I was aware of that people said was that don't put real AirPods in fake AirPod cases because you can break them. So I didn't want to risk basically muddling up the fakes and the real ones. So I thought if I get the pros, then I definitely won't do that. So basically put in an order on these, I think they were called High High City four, version 4.5s, I think were the, the model... I got got uh, they actually sold out pretty quickly. So got early in the queue via Alibaba, sort oh. of paid paid my money, and then Alibaba. Wait... Yeah, it's a big um... the forty thieves. <laughs> Alibaba, Alibaba is the, the biggest marketplace in the world. I think probably yeah. by numbers. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. I think there's like I can't remember. There's like an Express Alibaba Express is basically where you can buy a single item. Alibaba Express. itself, you'll it's like. You get like bulk discounts of twenty thousand, thirty thousand units, that kind of thing. Anyway, bought bought them on Alibaba. They waited waited about, I think it was about a month for them to actually come ship from China. Uh, one of those ones where you don't get any kind of feedback until all of a sudden they send you a tra- tracking link and movement happens. They arrived. Uh, they were they were very good in terms of. They the actual feel of them was very good. Uh, they obviously I hadn't had any pros by that point, um, but the performance of them was great. But this the main th- issue was that when I got them, I know I bought them. iOS thirteen was kind of the the um, OS du jour, and iOS fourteen was just in beta when these were after these had been made, and then people started reporting problems with performance. Basically, they. They just didn't work with iOS 14. And I was kind of like, mm, well, I can kind of hold off for a bit until they maybe sort this out. And maybe it's kind of like just a quirk of kind of the design. Oh, and the other thing was they didn't work with, well, they did work with Mac, but the main, they didn't work with the iCloud sharing. So, right. So you couldn't switching do the, between devices. You couldn't do the switching, yeah. which if you've only got one device to use them, they probably work fine. But it was even to the point where you actually had to disconnect them from your iphone and then pair them as like regular bluetooth headphones with your mac so and i do like to switch between my mac and my iphone quite a lot but yeah i was kind of like i'll just use my 
my ones without a mic, my old ones with my Mac, and use these new ones with my phone, and it was fine. It was a workable solution for what I think I paid fifty fifty pounds for them, so it wasn't a huge outlay. It was still quite expensive, obviously, compared mm. to like any regular Bluetooth headset. But for what it offered for the money, it seemed seemed okay. But I then decided, that, and the noise cancelling worked as well. The noise cancelling did actually function, so. And I liked the fit and all of that stuff. And then um, I did. I then upgraded to iOS 14, and they just stopped connecting. It was like oh. one of those. There was like someone worked out this: if you put them both in and did the ear fit test, it would they'd suddenly start working again. But it was one of those. That was the only way to get them to kind of. After a while, they just drop off. And so, at that point, I decided that it was Black Friday. And I needed to buy. <laughs> I needed to buy some proper headphones. So what did you get? Um, I got. I actually got the AirPod Pros because I kind oh, of by that so, point. Is that okay. this week? No, no, that was last last year, November. I bought bought. Oh, the sorry. I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking that this is recent because no, no. I I decided to, and actually, basically, for what I the discount I got on Black Friday, plus the other ones, added up to the same price as I would have paid full retail <laughs> but then the, the third part of the story was then the what? actual official airpods they one of them fell out my ear so the i'd had the fake ones and they worked fine absolutely perfect did the size fit worked brilliantly did put the same size tips on of the official ones and i think it was the right one just would not stay in my ear so i tried the different sizes wouldn't work like one was too big one was too small kept on going back to the medium size and yeah just one of them just would not fit i even bought like some special foam adapters yeah. that you could put under the cups to kind of like squidge them up a bit still wouldn't yeah. work and in the end what i did was i took the tips off the fake ones yeah <laughs> oh, put them no. on the retail and now yeah. they've been fine yeah. ever since so actually My... i ended up basically paying 50 pounds for some tips to yeah. make the proper airpods but... But, but, but my, my earbuds or wired ones always fall out when I go running unless yeah. I'm wearing a hat. But in the summer, you don't want to wear a hat. So I have to wear a sweatband sweat and, put it, and, and put it over my, which is great for sweat, and put it over my ears just to keep my, uh, 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 what's the word? Ear, earbuds. Sorry, mm. thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, the, actual, um, the original AirPods I had no problem and they never fell out. The fakes, again, stayed in perfectly. It was just one one tip on the official AirPods just would have, not stay in my you, ear. Have you ever had your ears measured, Will? Maybe you've got weird no, size ears. I was going to, one time, um, there was a company that did custom <laughs> custom moulds. You know, there was a stage you could go through and I had some sure, well, they were sure, they were, were they sure, E5Cs? They were like ridiculously expensive. They were like a thousand pound headphones, which I had I'd reviewed, and like they just never asked for them back. So I just continued to use them. And I, this company was basically offering to make custom molded um, inserts for them. So I queued up at a press night to get them done, and then they checked my ears and they said, "No, sorry, you've got too much wax in your ears. We can't do it." <laughs> oh, <laughs> which was annoying. So I never actually got the custom fits for those. Um, I, if you if you sorry if you ever get offered to have your ears cleaned don't mm. get it syringed syringing is very sort of 1970s 80s well, i've had them washed bad. out and what was called syringing but they just washed it out with a lot of water but don't but, but poking a syringe in your ear is really cannot actually mm. sometimes do more damage so there's a there's there's a clinics now have a machine which kind of like scrapes stuff out in a much more cleaner 
Oh, well, I've seen these advertised on Safer. Instagram, I think. They, they look pretty. <laughs> what, what about an ear candle? Or, <laughs> no, I think that's just a bit of theatre, Don't get your ears it? syringed. Don't put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear. <laughs> I I had some um, earpieces made, some IEM in-ear monitors, um, like TV talkback things made, and I had a man come around, a, a lovely chap called Nick Way, who does this quite a lot for the industry and he came round and he squirted some mm. um well kind like of like putty. foamy putty stuff into both of my ears and then left a um just a little bit of cotton in there so that once it had set after five minutes or so he could pull it out and then that there was the was the hole to let sound flow mm. through the difference with those is and i've got them in my bag still um the difference with those is that there's no driver in the in the IEM because sound quality isn't important. Mm. It's just the fit in the ear, and all you've got is is a see through tube that then goes into a bit of coiled tube, and then there's a standard fitting that talkback pieces have, and it connects to essentially a driver halfway down your back um, right. uh, that just sends the quality. Mm. And I have to say, I use it. I use it quite a lot, even for calls. If it's just voice, where all I need to do is to hear somebody. Um, and in fact, well, I think that we used to do this for Fraculus as well. I used to use those, mm. uh, and you bought yeah. some IEMs as well for Fraculus. Oh no, they um, were just cheap, cheap in-ear headphones. Sure, sure, yeah. but it, it was the same. I, mean, I still use. Though. I still use. No, no, these are just these are just like effectively like the short E five Cs, but oh, I see much much cheaper. So. Right, <laughs> but they were incredibly good for the price. I still use those for shoots now. Mm. I, I I left my AirPods Pro. Uh, here in the office one night and uh, I was at home and I was doing some ironing. I wanted to watch the uh, new series of, of For All Mankind mm. and um, I put on my old AirPods, original AirPods. Right. Boy, did that feel weird. It, You know, they felt, because the AirPods Pro kind of you know, suck into your ears, at least they do in mine, mm. uh, and it feels like a very snug fit for me, the AirPods just felt as though they were going to fall out at, at any moment and the sound quality is entirely different i think i got so used to the noise cancellation or the transparency yeah, mode, I and also the 3d um sound effect um you know the the, the spatial audio that's in there now and works very nicely mm. with apple tv plus content uh, i really really missed it i didn't realize that the airpods pro had moved on my experience quite so much as they had until i went back to using the original AirPods. yeah i mean i tend to only uh, usually have one in anyway Mm. So I kind of, I only, but the transparency mode's great. I do, I do like that. I think that's yep. that's a great um, thing. But then having the option to, when I'm doing the hoovering, for example, just putting the other one in and still being able to hear a podcast is really you listen to podcasts whilst doing housework. Yep, yeah. that's that's my standard standard kind of. I uh, would content. only ever do it whilst running or driving in, or, or walking exercise. Mm. No. No, only for exercise. No, when you're driving, you have to have the radio on or listen to music. Podcasts is exclusively for sort of ex- like gym, walk, run. No, no, mine's no. for like any household tasks, um, anyone when anyone else isn't there around me at any point what, wanting to on, talk to what me. About not, what about night time? What if you want to like... I, I used to have a friend that I used to... He, I used to... Yeah, I sort of insulted a friend once when I suggested that I listened to... This thing that he did as a way of sending me to sleep, and when I said it, I meant it as a compliment. There is a whole I genre chose... of 
that I, podcast but designed he, but to he send you to sleep. But he obviously <laughs> took it as not a compliment that I found it boring mm. enough. But I was like, no, no, you're you're the comforting thing I choose to help me feel <laughs> relaxed to send me to sleep. Probably not he didn't spending, see it that way. Yeah, you're not really <laughs> paying attention to the content in that respect. It's just yeah. really the... <laughs> I often listen to Fractalus at one in the morning when I can't sleep. <laughs> And that's a glowing endorsement right there. <laughs> no, no, I put on, I, I was out running the other day and I was like, I'm going to put fractures mm. on. As I ran up, mm. you know, the hill, I was like, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, what do I, what do I put on? So yeah, yeah. Will and David's cheery voice. Mm. Great. So what, David, if you, if you can't sleep at night, what's your choice of uh, oral pleasure? <laughs> Steady. We're <laughs> pulling faces. Sorry, uh, you just, you just took me by surprise there. Oral, um, A A U R A L. Thank you for clarifying that for the listener, You're welcome. Jeff. <laughs> it's me. It's like um, a spelling bee. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm, okay, so it's, it's very rare. Yes. That the last time I had trouble sleeping was around about this time last year, when I'm not going to lie, my anxiety levels were through the roof because all of my yeah. work was disappearing mm. in front of me. And I'm sure <laughs> I'm not alone in that. Yeah, I had, I had real trouble sleeping for, you know, a good, a good week or two uh generally i don't have that problem if i do um i've got i do have an amazon echo by the side of my bed uh and i will ask it to play some classical music um and that's some that's relaxing ex- music acceptable in a kind of for everyone else that may be in the room at the time <laughs> uh well my, my a, wife actually doesn't scenario. seem to mind no actually right. you know and every now and then we do i mean every now and then once a month, once every couple of months, um, we will listen to some music when it's time to go to bed. It's mm. I'm, I'm not going to lie; it's it's relatively rare that we go to bed at the same time. You know, my, my wife will go up mm. and you know read or, or whatever first of all, and I'll come up later on. Generally speaking, um, but if we do go to sleep at the same time, then yeah, you know, sometimes having some music on in the background's just a bit different, really. Mm. So, will yeah. will I know you're a podcast driving listener but would you podcast at night at bedtime no well? i tend not to because then it really ruins my kind of completionist aspect it's like i forget where i've fallen asleep mm. and yeah. generally podcasts get deleted i would generally use calm if i need to have some something to help me sleep so but that. but an, an old old friend of mine many years ago said that he listened to there's a particular tears for fears album called the hurting just mm. an age in I think that's from the 1980s. It was a 10-track album. And he, he said he'd never heard past track six in his life because he put the <laughs> CD on at night and then always just night falls asleep. So he literally never heard track seven to ten. I do remember when I, when I was younger, I used to listen to a tape of those things called Linkits, which were like almost like a Lego clone. And one of them came with a cassette of Ricky and the Robugs, I think it was called. And I had a cassette recorder at that point in time. So listen to this one tape to sleep every single night so but i'm completely behind that i i can just see on our on our zoom meeting right now all this talk of sleep is uh, making jeff a bit sleepy um but <laughs> i'm I, I getting get over the vaccine that. i was oh, yeah. really right. really bad yesterday but uh, it's, it's the same thing so you know a cd something you listen to regularly to get you to sleep you know your brain becomes conditioned uh, oh yes i'm yeah. listening to tears for spheres now therefore so it's time listen. to sleep you yeah. are conditioning your brain same with work if i need to focus you know, and okay. Pomodoro's not working or something like that. I've got a couple of playlists in Spotify mm-hmm. that will uh, just, I will what, put like, my... Like, what, like work playlists? Yes. Oh, in, they... fact, in fact, one of them is even called work. Th- yes. That was my next name. Yeah, my next question is, what? what's their name? That's amazing. Okay. 
Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it's not imaginatively titled. Um, four no, four no, letters is as, as far as I stretch. <laughs> but the music that's in there, generally speaking, is not is repetitive. It's electronic. It's not too taxing on the brain, yet it is stimulating at the same time. And, and that enables and, me and to focus. And you've curated this. You've spent yes. time putting that together. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and I don't. And there'll think be a link in the show notes much. for anyone that also <laughs> likes to work. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's changed very much over the years. And, you know, there is that saying that most people's musical tastes, you know, have developed by the time they're whatever it is, 25 or something. And I have to say, I think that's kind of the case. I've got kids of a certain age who are bringing new musical influences into the house, which is, which is you know, great. It's not music I choose to listen to, but at least I feel a little bit more in tune with what's top of the pops in 2021 rather than in probably when I stopped, which was about 1998. I've got a final piece of follow-up from last episode. Mm. So oh, we, we, I've, I've got to go in a minute. Yeah. So we, we, we got the dog. The dog arrived. Is it? Yes. And um, we took her off. She was allowed off the lead for the first time today, but she was accompanied by a Vodafone Curve tracker. <gasps> so we didn't actually go for the specific dog tracker because... Okay. Because one, it cost more and it was more per month to get the dog, official dog tracker versus the curve, which I think, is that the one that you've got for your for your daughter, the it's kind of not... round one? Indeed, what, yes. You, yes. David, you, you put a dog tracker on your daughter. <laughs> Complete with a collar and everything. It just kind of dangles there. And... No, no. It it goes in her school bag. Mm. It goes in her school bag. Uh, yeah, what, uh, well, I, well I, would, I did wonder. Go on. Oh, I did wonder looking at point. it whether whether it was like the the dog was more waterproof, but no, they actually even had a picture of the curve tracker on a dog's collar, even though actually it is a bit too large to do that with. Yeah. But it's it promises waterproofness up to like whatever you'd ever need for a dog, especially our dog, comes... which does not like getting its paws wet at all. So it does come with a kind of um, dangly pendanty yes. thing that you can attach That's, around. I mean, yeah. it's not super super secure, but secure mm. enough. Yeah. So we've put we've got that. We put it on our harness so that basically, if she does leg it, we mm. at least have a fighting chance. Although I did find it takes a little while to go into real time mode. So it has like four modes. Yep. It's got like update every two hours, every half an hour, every five minutes, and then real time tracking. And I tested it today as we were out. And I was kind of like, if I actually had to flick this into real time mode in an emergency, it would actually be quite um, stressful because it doesn't just click in straight away. It takes a good yep. two or three minutes to before it starts reporting the real time location. But but chaps, the the scary thing I heard this week from my other tech savvy friend with the upcoming Appleness is that mm. they are going to bring out you know Apple tags or Air, whatever yeah. they're called Air, Air tags. tags. Mm. And surely I'm like, hang on a second, what's to stop you just planting one in someone's bag and following them? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or well, eventually, do, the, eventually the battery would run down on them. So I mean, well, how long does a Actually, tile tracks. Surely, they've, this is they've been around a, for a long time. They've they've lost. But this is going like to cause a, a, this is going to cause a spate of incidents where people are spied upon without mm. them without their knowledge. I mean, they're not GPS. I don't know about the Apple ones, but den- generally, if anything that's GPS won't last more than I mean, I'd say a week at most. <laughs> but <laughs> that's even about, that, but that's, that's about like, six and a half days too long. So, um, so the the Vodafone one basically says you've got a week if it's on two hour updates, and you've got fifth like. I think if you've got it on, I think every five minutes is only going to last a couple of days. But it, and that's that's brand new kind of like because GPS has always been a big draw, battery draw. But I guess but, 
Yeah. I mean, nothing can but, stop someone putting a tracker but, in you, but it's going to run but, out eventually. But, but what my friend told me is that is that he said that what he'd heard would also happen is that Apple devices would also, after a short while, go, hey, did you know I've detected an Apple ID tag in this vicinity, mm. which isn't which isn't yours? So it will right. alert you, okay, which is fine, clever. which is fine. And unless you haven't got an Apple device, and then, then you're fucked. <laughs> well, even more they, reason to get an Apple device. <laughs> ah, but have you heard, have either of you heard about this? I, I haven't so, heard about that. That's quite clever. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm interested to see the use cases and the storytelling around that because this can all get quite complicated. And, you know, Apple likes to make anything that it releases very, very simple, very, mm. very straightforward. It likes to really trim everything away uh, from day one and you know then maybe build some complexity on it so yeah uh it's an interesting one uh and these air tags have been rumored for a, mm. a very long time yeah. now and we don't even know if they're going to be called air tags or not to be fair but that's the thing that everyone's been jumping on and i know there are people that um, get hold of the latest uh apple ios beta code and start disassembling that and looking for clues in the code and you know, there there have been more clues recently, I think I've seen. So, it, you know, there wasn't an announcement in March, at least not at the time of recording. No. <laughs> but it would feel as though this could be at a, a time of year when these would be when these would be released, just as people are starting to go out and about again. Okay, not everyone in Europe's in that position, but hey, hey, there's a there's a bug in fourteen four one that I discovered this week. Have you discovered the fourteen four one bug? I don't think I'm on fourteen four one. I think oh. I am. What's that, Jeff? Oh. Has your phone has your phone automatically dimmed itself for no reason whatsoever? Uh, no, can't say no. I've noticed that. Mine upgraded and then automatically kept on dimming itself down to minimum brightness at every right. opportunity. <laughs> no, I had that That's one. annoying. What's uh, yeah. driving that? Is it is it um, it's triggered in, by it, anything? It's in accessibility. There's a display setting that says auto brightness, and if it's on, check it out. You have to turn it off. And then restart your phone for it to be enabled, <laughs> for it to override that bug. And then you can turn it back on if you want, but I've just left mine off. There you go. Teeny, teeny bug update there for you, which I'm sure they'll squash. But I'm more concerned about air, about air tags, to be honest. So I, yeah. But then um, well, we've had tile trackers for a long time that we've used on oh, keys. Oh, no, Will. Like no, now you're just, what? Now you're just going to scare me. What? So you can already get these things. But they're not yes. GPS. So basically, a tile tracker basically relies on you being able to locate a like your keys or mm. well, basically your keys. That's what we've used them for. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> well, no, well, but you I... can slip them into your purse. You can slip them into yeah. your bag. You can slip them into anything, and they're not super cheap either. But the idea is that they don't use GPS. They rely upon I... your phone connecting uh, yeah. with Bluetooth, right. yeah, it's Bluetooth, low energy. Maybe that'll be a thing that they'll price them. They'll price them to a point where you. That you won't want to consider just spurning a hundred quid on something, so that you oh, can... it's Apple, so you can guarantee mm. there's going to be a price on them. And yeah, I so think you won't. I... You know what I mean? So, so they won't want to make them disposable. If they were tenner, you'd people yeah. be like, "Sure, I'll have two. But if they make them like two hundred pounds, then you're going to think twice before buying one, and you'll only use it for something that you really, really want. But I can't but... help but think that there'll be some criminal use behind them, surely. But then you can already That's... do that with the Vodafone Curve Tracker. I mean, you you've yeah. got a good week of tracking someone before and that's only 20 okay. quid well but the thing is this is apple and they'll market the heck out of it and 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 everybody will know about it okay we'll sorry so, sorry hang on how much did you say the vodafone curve tracker was, it was 20 quid oh 
I, I thought you said 200 quid there no. for a second, and I thought, bloody hell, you, you <laughs> did had. Vodafone on a good I day. I mean, plus, plus the £2 a month yeah. for two years, but... I don't think the Vodafone track is great, and but by coincidence, I was chatting with one of the team that mm. helped to develop that and a handful of other Internet of Things um, uh, services for Vodafone. I was chatting with her only a few weeks ago. It sounds like a very interesting time to be part of that project yeah. <laughs> that she was in. Um, I don't think it's great yet, mm. um, but it's it's good enough just about yeah. at a price point, which is yeah, very good. That's what I figured was like to 20... make it. 20 yeah. quid, 2 quid a month. It's worth it if it means that we can at least find the dog if she runs off. Yeah. You know, it's kind of insurance, effectively. End of Fraculous. If your puny human minds can handle more, then follow on Twitter. At sign F-R-A-C-K-U-L-O-U-S. Or individually. At sign David McClelland. D-A-V-I-D-M-C-C-L-E-L-L-A-N-D At sign Jeff Tech G-E-O-F-F-T-E-C-H At sign Will Head W-I-L-L-H-E-A-D Email your brains to Hello At sign Fraculous.com is it an horrific dream? Am I sinking fast? Could a person be so mean as to laugh and laugh on my own? Could you ease my load? Could you see my pain? Could you please explain the hurting? Lovely. Boys, it's almost 9.30 and I'm going to reel it in. Yeah, and, you, uh, you, you have yeah. had a vaccine. I have had a... Yeah. <laughs> you should have said, you should have mentioned it. This has been fun. <laughs> Good to see you, Jeff. Mm. I'm not going yet. I can stay for five oh. minutes. Oh, all right. I always have to wind down. I always yeah. <laughs> you know, every week this happens. I go right, okay then, and you go, well, go by then. If, so if I come around your house, like, oh, I better go in a minute. Oh, well, by then, no, you yeah. have a ten minute grace period of like sort of slowly moving towards the door whilst putting a coat on, then opening the door, then standing in the doorway. Oh, no, the worst ones the path, with the, the conversation and then in the door from with the, the door g- open. The, what? Yeah, uh, what? That, oh. are you not? I'm, are you not a fan of extended leaving? Is that like, are you I, just like, I just, I just expected you to be, mm. right, I'm going now. I've made up my mind. Yeah. It's, oh. not as though, it's not as though leaving's very difficult when we're, when, when I, we're remote. This, this is the part of the podcast that I will now fall asleep to. Jeff, you are falling into a deep <laughs> sleep. <sighs> I'm looking for a new electric car. Oh, really? Yeah. It, Tesla. It, it, well, no. So I'm not. I'm not going with a Tesla. So I've been driving. It, it seems bizarre. Um, and in terms of fraculous years, it seems like only about three episodes ago that I'd only just got this bloody electric. <laughs> well, car that was about was three years. Getting I mean, that, on my drive. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's three well, it, years. It was getting it on three seem years like ago it. because it is that's it. how long my lease is. So it's it's incredible to think how far electric vehicle technology how much, has gone forward. How much have you used the range extender? Because that was one of your big kind of like, and that was one of your non-negotiable yeah. things. Yeah. So the range extender on my uh, EV, which is uh, BMW i3, it's the only mm. vehicle I re- that really has one, and the and BMW stopped making it shortly after mm. I bought the car. So that you, you can't get these now. The range extender charges up the battery, so you you are electric drive all the way. But there's a an a, a 
combustion engine in the back. It's a scooter engine, two-cylinder scooter engine. You can get an extra 60 or 70 miles out of it. I actually had to use it this week. Right. Uh, I okay. was coming back from London. Uh, I was on a shoot. Um, I you, It was just edgy on range. And at this time of year, the range isn't so good. That's the thing with cold. electric vehicles. Because, because it's cold. And on the way back, we, our shoot didn't finish till gone 8 o'clock. Uh, my, I wasn't able to charge up my car at the studio, so it's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to have to hang around for forty-five minutes to charge my battery right up to the top. So uh, I'm going to put some petrol in the range extender, oh, which okay. I did. So I just ran that for twenty miles, just enough so that my range was enough to get me home, right. where I was able to charge up fully from home. So I have used it. Um, it's nice, the thing nice to sh- have, basically. It's a nice to have, but obviously that's not really something that I can have in my le- my next electric vehicle. But what's happened in the space of three years is that the battery range has effectively doubled. Mm. So from the car that I've got at the moment, where there's a comfortable range of 120, 110, 120 in the winter, up to 150 if I don't drive like a loon mm. in the summer. Nowadays, with the cars that are uh, on stream that you can buy, that you're looking closer to 250 to 300 miles. Okay. So... In, in a short space of time, um, it's got a lot easier to own an electric vehicle. Although the, the government subsidy here in the UK, if you, you used to be if you bought a vehicle under £50,000, you would get up to £3,000 back. Government's gone and reeled back in that Tesla mm. grant uh, only this week, so it's £2,500 and it's a good chunk less. But I've been looking for a car, just trying to work out what I want. You know, all these new electric vehicles that have been coming through and I'm... There's only one that I've really seen that I liked. I don't want a Tesla. It seems just a bit too obvious for me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, that, that, that's it. You know, I, I kind of mm. want something that is just a little bit different. You know, a car is an extension of yourself, the same as mm. the jewellery you wear and all the rest of it. And, yeah, I just don't your, know your that I feel like Michelle, a Tesla she's, driver. She's big into electric cars, isn't she, Jeff? Are you still yes. there, Jeff? How do you, no, how do you know that? Because I spoke to her about electric cars. When you did your Bloomsbury gig, remember when you could do gigs on stages? No, that was that was in a, <laughs> in a former life. Yeah, no, I was uh, having yeah. a good chat to Michelle about her electric, her various electric cars. She got like two, I think, at that point. Really? I didn't know she had two. What? Yeah, well, she then, just re- no, it, it she sounds like you know more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> you should talk to Michelle, David. <laughs> I will do. I will do. David, David, I'll drive up in a Tesla to your studio with my friend Michelle, and we'll have an electric. <laughs> car day or something electric car off well so i don't have charging here at the studio you'd have to come to my house (laughs) where i do now have uh, an electric wall charger as uh, as you know so yes Um, but didn't uh, didn't we work it out i could probably get from london to leicester and back in on on one charge right uh in a tesla if you're fully charged when you leave you should just be able to do to do that providing you don't drive like a knob Uh, that's that's up for debate. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, know. motorway driving doesn't suit electric vehicles all that well, particularly oh, really? those. You know, yeah, you know. Well, um, not even if you go. Hang, you, you know, in class fifty-six vehicles, miles an hour, the, 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 the fifty-six is the optimum. What, what's the optimum speed in electric vehicle to get maximum well, return? Um, it's more to do with how frequently you're braking. So certainly, the lower down the range, and whether it's fifty-six mm. miles an hour or, or oh, because braking regenerates energy. 
it's the regenerative braking uh, effect. So going uh. going on back roads. The longest range I ever did in my car, I was driving to a friend's birthday party. He had hired out an island for his 40th birthday party <laughs> in the Thames Estuary, uh, OC Island uh, in, in Essex. Um, an amazing place. And I decided, well, you know what? I don't need to get there until one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon because you have to catch a boat to get out to the cool. island if you go outside And if you miss the boat, but, well, so, <laughs> you but, ain't going, to so, the, going on that no, party. No, apart from a couple of hours a day when there's a causeway, when the tide is out, mm. you can drive over the causeway to the island. So I had to time it mm. so that I could make my way over there. Anyway, so I decided to drive the back way. And, um, oh, gosh, you know, normally a trip down to London, that's my battery kind of done. No, I, I got about 156 miles out of my out of my i3, mm, which was, um, yeah, quite impressive, quite impressive. I'm just looking up OC Island now. You could hire out the entire island. Yeah, it's, it's Probably incredible nothing place. these days. <laughs> <laughs> it, it very often gets used for, you know, celebrities. Was- birthday parties and weddings and all that sort of all that sort of mm. stuff and there's lots of accommodation on there different houses lots of event spaces on there as well it's a incredible incredible place and yeah very very lucky to be uh, invited there for the for the uh, for gav's party there is a causeway right i'm going to totally uh, the causeway looks quite menacing though if you turn that wrong you're you're, you're um so you're- yeah that's I'm, a very I'm, it's a very long causeway as well that's not a sh- short one i would say it's almost a mile i did so okay confession time um, <laughs> there we go and we'll, and we'll end with this <laughs> stop my car in the middle of the causeway uh and get out and start taking photos of it because it was uh, i think it was on the morning when i left it was this beautiful morning the tide was just coming out and it was yeah this is this is like golden hour uh, so yeah, I got out of my car in the middle of the Thames estuary and uh, yeah, started taking pictures of it on the causeway. I will share a couple of pictures, but one of them I posted to Instagram and the official BMW Park Lane account, because uh, I tagged it, BMW mm. i3, whatever else, I got in touch saying, actually, could we use this image? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, did a good job there. Okay. It was worth I, risking life and limb. I do now <laughs> need to see that image. Yeah. Oh. If only you'd had. If only you'd, I'd been there with my drone, David. We could have got a drone shot of it. <laughs> that would have. That would have been pretty good. That would have been the ultimate winner. Okay, right. I'm going to go now. Cool. <laughs> good to chat. Good to that's, chat, team. It's been great, Jeff. If you're listening back to this on one of your runs, uh, run harder. There you go. <laughs> Will, if you're listening to this in bed, fall asleep. David, you don't have that problem. Go to don't, sleep. David, do some work. Work, 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 work. Do, 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 do. Thank you for listening to Fraculous. <laughs> <laughs> Episode number 335. <laughs> what are we up to? <laughs> 339. 339 now. Yeah. In, in the made do, up do, do, numbering do, scheme. Do, 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 do. <laughs> should totally use that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop recording. Cool. Yeah, probably a good idea that you do.